and welcome to What in Tarnation, Tar Heel Blog's Hot Take Podcast. On this episode, we're reviewing UNC women's win over NC State and UNC men's win over Boston College. I'm Tanya Anderson, and with me as always are Brandon Anderson and Julius Emanuel. Guys, how are we doing? Doing pretty good. Um, excited for Saturday, question mark? Is that a word that we that we should be using? Just excited. I have made my position very clear. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, I'm just. I mean, and I'm not just in general. I mean, about just like who we're playing and what they've been doing and saying to we got you. But uh, <laughs> I mean, excited is not the the word that I would use. Uh, you know. Nervous trepidation. Nervous trepidation. This is a solid quad one game, too, and we know. (laughs) That's a little bit of why I think I'm excited, because I don't know. I I probably feel better about this game than either of you do. I mean, all I'm saying. Oh, boy. Is uh, the Boston College game was uncomfortably close for the vast majority of it for me to go into Saturday against I am not you know too prideful to say it a a pretty good NC State team um and and feel excited I guess it's at home they've they've uh been undefeated at home that's a large part of why I'm excited (laughs) Like, to have that stinker of a game and still win at home, I mean, you, you might just go the rest of the season undefeated at home. I don't know. At home. Because at that. Home. <laughs> at home. Yes. Yeah. I don't know. You, you cannot have – you can't repeat that performance Saturday and expect to win, I don't think. Like, that is not – no. We're, that's not – it's not going to end well for us. I mean, uh, I think – Watching what they, I mean, I don't think Duke is a great team this year by any stretch of the imagination. Um, but NC State put a, a hurting on Duke, and um, obviously that took place in Raleigh. Um, yeah. but I don't know, like. It is the kind of game that I think these guys can get up for. And, um, you know, I hope that Hubert has some of Roy in him where it's just like, I would rather, like, lay down in traffic on I-40 than to lose to NC State. Um, And I I hope that that (laughs) carries over a bit because I have gone on record in saying that, like, you know, Hate losing to Duke, but I can, like, reason with it most of the time. Um, Losing to NC State just pisses me off. There's a little bit of a danger to beating the brakes off of a team for so long and then starting to let them win suddenly. The fans get really loud, and then the team gets really loud, and then, like, they get really live about it. And it's just like, well, of course you're going to win some, but, like, Calm down. Well, and see, the funny part about what you just said, though, is they haven't even won the game yet, and they're already talking, you know, smack. Oh. Like, they're insufferable 
even when they've been beaten, you know, like 12 times in a row, they're still insufferable. You get the one 2020, um, you know, NC State is replacing UNC as the top team in the triangle, blah, blah, blah. And here we are. So, you know, do we want to go through that cycle again? Maybe, maybe not. I'll say on the optimistic side of it, we do tend to have one of these games every couple of years to kind of just reset everybody and, and put a bad uh, taste in everybody's mouths, you know, and then we go back and, and rear off 10 or 11 in a row, you know, before we had to do it again. I don't know. And I'm not trying to rationalize what I think is going to happen Saturday. I'm just saying that. <clears throat> I think he may be even less optimistic than me, which... I mean, that is. That I don't is know what has happened to this podcast where it's like me having some optimism and y'all being like, oh, no. I, like I, mean, I don't know. That is very true. I, I don't know. But don't I'm just saying, I, I, Julius seems real, <laughs> real <laughs> uncertain. And I at least think there's a chance. <laughs> I just, yeah, um, I don't like it. Like, I might have to log out of Twitter, like, at halftime. <laughs> I will say um, my enjoyment of UNC games has increased exponentially, not staring at Twitter for an entire game. Yeah. Um, because the only person's commentary that I have to hear is Brandon's. So, um and mine. <laughs> yes, and yeah. yours. Um, yours might be the but best, I, honestly. I can I can put my phone on Do Not Disturb and, and not hear yours if I if I really chose to That's ignore hit, it. That's when I hit um, Brandon. I'm like, look! <laughs> Brandon starts reading your messages out. Julius says. <laughs> um, but especially when things aren't going well, it, it's just um, that environment is not conducive to my enjoyment of the sport. So it it's it could be better. I I think what I've learned more than anything is it's just distracting. It is, but I mean, I grew up with uh, my grandmother. Who uh, the moment that UNC gets down in the game, she changes the channel. Um, she just doesn't <laughs> she doesn't want to see it, and then she'll she'll keep flipping back to see. If the scores change, so um, I'm a little used to the fatalistic kind of approach to to games, but um, I highly recommend uh, unplugging from from the Twitter when, especially if things are not going especially well at the time. One other reason why I may not seem as optimistic as. Everyone else here is because I actually have some memes that I have created that I want to use. Uh, he, he has a and time we, investment. In yeah. And we know what happens when I create these, these memes. Yeah. Like it's like every other time. You should see like the, ca- the catalog of memes that I've created that will never see the light of day. That I wish could, you know, because we didn't do what we were supposed to do. So that, that, that's, that's the other thing. <clears throat> we have to do a video podcast one of these times just to show off, like, the lost created memes of Julius Emanuel. <laughs> all, all the things that he could have tweeted. Yeah. All the engagement he could have gotten, if only. All the, all the junk I wanted to say and I couldn't. <laughs> if the basketball gods won't give us good things. 
that might be a good transition into the basketball game. God's given us a good thing with UNC beating NC State in women's basketball. I mean, Courtney Banghart is uh, from the Roy Williams School of beating NC State, um, and I appreciate that about her very much. She wakes up in the morning and decides that she hates State, and yeah. I'm I'm very okay with that. Um, that sounded like a hell of an atmosphere mm. at Carmichael on Saturday. It was Sunday. 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 Um, long weekend threw me off. It all bleeds together at some point. Yeah, yeah. Some point after the weekend. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like that was a really awesome win for that team. I think they've been uh, on an upward trajectory after a rough start to their ACC play. Um, obviously, they'll have to. Uh, run it back again in Raleigh, but um, it was it was a really exciting game. Dear Coach Banghart, please let us call their gym small. Don't you do it. <laughs> I'm glad you brought that up because what I was going to say is it was that much more important that they actually won that game because you can't say that and ruffle all of the feathers that were ruffled and then turn around and lose to them. So I'm very glad that they were able to pull it off. She's um, not going to say anything now. Yeah. yeah I think I she's think baptized by fire and that. Yeah. Uh-huh. She, but we will say it for her. Yeah. Coach Big Heart, we, we got you. We would be your yes. We would be your mouthpiece. Yes. <laughs> Allow us to say that uh, NC State fans aren't classy. <laughs> right. It's fine. And they prove it over and over. They're like, "Oh, what do you mean I'm not classy?" And in the same tweet, go to prove why they're not classy. Like I don't understand. It's exhausting. It it just hurts my brain every time I have to catch any kind of view of their shenanigans and this is why when we lose to nc state it just it's worse it's worse yeah somehow it's worse yeah because they are somehow worse like when we are out in the triangle and i don't think it's not that Duke fans never say anything, yeah. but overwhelmingly every state fan that we run into that we have no idea is a state fan has to comment on your shirt, your sweatshirt, mm-hmm. something about, and it's just like, I didn't ask. And I almost immediately reply, you're a state fan, aren't you? And it's 98% of the time. Yes. You can always tell yeah. like the tone by which they say it gives them away every single time. I'm like, you're not a Duke fan. You're a state fan. We we just can go ahead and get that out of the way. Because Duke fans almost like playfully roast. Like I went through a drive-thru of McDonald's one day and this woman was taking my money and she kind of like reached under her counter and pulled out a Duke shirt and was just kind of like waving at me and smiling. I was like, ah, nah, get that out of here. And I drove off and picked up my food and left. Like that's been more or less my encounter with Duke fans. State fans, 
it's always something just cringe and stupid. Yeah. Well, and and having grown up in Central North Carolina, you also have to realize, too, that a lot of them are secret Duke fans. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. So I'd say half are secret. The other half are over. Yeah. It's such a complex that, like, overtakes them that I... It's it's weird, but it's what makes them so mouthy. Mm-hmm. Like, to call it little brother syndrome is alarmingly accurate. Who was it? Their, their uh, offensive coordinator, like his wife, like, tweeted on uh, Twitter talking about, like, um... You know, going to Woodpack Nation and like, you know, what do we do? Like, how do we hate UNC? I'm like, really? Like, who who even told you that? Like, you've got other things to worry about uh, than figuring out figuring out how to hate us. That will come, but I'm like, just you will learn soon. Uh, but yeah, uh, the women, the women, they they had a really good game, really exciting. Um, it was very, uh, back and forth and, and close, but they found a way to pull it out in the end and, um, yeah, credit to, uh, coach Banghart because there's one thing she, she knows how to do. It's just absolutely own NC state. It was like the epitome of a back alley fight <laughs> because like. It, it wasn't pretty. Uh, both teams shot pretty badly, but I think they shot pretty badly because both teams were playing really good defense. Um, obviously, some players left some shots out there. You know, it kind of is what it is. But, I mean, it it wasn't – we've seen some games where they shot at that kind of efficiency and it just was bad to watch. This was more like two teams, like, throwing haymakers at each other and at the end, somebody, like, crawled their way out of the bar. <laughs> and it happened to be UNC. So it was a really good game. I, I enjoyed it. And I'm going to enjoy, hopefully, when they go to Reynolds later in the season. Well, unfortunately, we have Duke coming up for them. Yeah. yeah. Gonna be, that's going to be, you know, quite interesting. But um, I guess the only the only other thing that I would say is obviously shout out to Destiny Adams, yes, um, and Deja Kelly. But uh, the one thing that I did want to say was, if you do not like women's basketball, you don't have to tell us. <laughs> but you're telling on yourself. You're telling on yourself. That is just like you know, it is just insane. Like I, we picked up on this last season as well. Uh, even not well, not even knowing that they were going to have that special of a season, it just for me, women's basketball consistently, or at least UNC plays team basketball, yeah, consistently than anything else, right? It's a team effort. You have Deja step up, Destiny would step up, um, Tiana steps up, but overall, like it, you know. Um, Overall, it's uh, a, a team thing, and I and I actually enjoy that. So, like, if you can get into the idea of team basketball, you know, great basketball, then I don't see why you can't like women's basketball. Again, if you can't, 
and just shut up about it. I don't care if you don't like it. I do not understand how anybody can witness Courtney Banghart work and say that I I don't care. Like it is so easy to care about UNC women's basketball just based alone off of like how amazing of a job she's done so far. Like she has completely turned the program around after it kind of crumbled very close to the ground before being built back up again. Um, I just, you know, people can watch what they want, but once again, I, I don't understand it because we're watching an incredible re- re- revitalization of a really fun program. But it's also just so, like, say what you really want to say. Yeah. Which is that you don't think women playing sports is worth your time or energy or whatever, which has a lot to do with who you are as a person. I'm sorry. I'm not saying that that is literally everyone who can't get into women's basketball. I'm just saying I'm playing the percentages and it's probably a solid 89%. I mean, I feel like one thing that, um, that I've seen a couple times that has to do with like athleticism. And I think that falls right into that pocket of like, you, you just don't enjoy watching women play sports. And honestly, even some of them, like they, they, they pretty athletic. They're really athletic. Would absolutely destroy. Oh yeah. Literally anyone Mm -hmm. speaking behind their keyboard about how she's, not athletic enough or whatever. I'd even go so far as to say this, and I don't even really like doing this, so it's pretty rare when I do. If you can't get behind a team such as this for UNC, Courtney Banghart and the rest of her team, I don't actually think you're a true UNC Athletics fan. Ooh, you dropped the real fan's take. But it's true. (laughs) <laughs> let's just keep it a buck it's true you like you like basketball you like unc and you like winning you really don't understand how you can't watch them play it's the misogynistic thing but, i mean that uh, truly like yeah. if you if you like all those things but you don't like this there's a glaring thing there and any woman who's had the misfortune of having to even speak about sports on the internet knows that all too well, where like people are very willing to tune out anything about you just because you're a woman. Oh, you, you've never played football. How can you possibly say that, uh, the Carolina defense is probably trash. Um, it's just, it's the misogyny and, you won't convince me otherwise. But also, I've seen some of the people that say those things. My homeboy, you ain't played high school basketball or football. You didn't play peewee basketball or football. If you did, you probably rather. I'm just saying, maybe think. Which is why it's not, it's not about what they say it's about. It's about the other stuff. That's always the other stuff. 
You mean to tell me playing NBA 2K does not count? It absolutely does not count. As somebody that plays a lot of NBA 2K, it does My count. franchise is undefeated. <laughs> undefeated. You might as well be playing World of Warcraft. Like, get out of here. <laughs> well, before we make literally everyone angry, um, <laughs> perhaps we should uh, move on to uh, the Boston College game. Which we kind of touched on it a bit at the top, but um, it it will not be a film that gets preserved, uh, or it shouldn't be. Um, it was definitely not a beautiful game. It was not a shining example of Carolina basketball. Yeah, it kind of goes back to uh, what I was saying about the UNCNC State game for women's. It's like, that was a beautiful, ugly game. This was just ugly. But they won. (laughs) So, and here's where the optimism in me comes back. What I was going to say was, watching them and uh, watching the ebbs and flows of the game, um, Boston College's run, you know, UNC was stretched out. Here comes Boston College again. What did they not do? They didn't completely fall apart and lose the game. So I Which think on one hand, remarkably close, close, but we did, we didn't, we didn't. <laughs> but, uh, um, I mean, you know, we we've got a case of the mess around and find out. So obviously, we, we we've been doing that for two years now. But uh, they didn't do it. So I, I do think if if you wanted to look at a positive there. Um, you could look at that as your as your positive, alongside Pete Nance coming back. But. Yeah, Pete Nance finally came back from back soreness, back tightness, some with his back. It was either sore or tight, but he came back, um, went fifty percent from three, two of seven for the game. Uh, you know, that's fine. You've been out for a while, but he had his contributions. If you want a silver lining, Carolina didn't allow a three-pointer for the first time in, like, 97 years. Yeah. I think the date was 1990, the broadcaster said. If that's the case, I was barely in existence. Yeah, I'm thinking. I'm thinking either 1990 or 2000, but I could be. I'm probably mixing up my stats here. But I do know they only allow one to Louisville, and then none to Boston College. So, and yeah. I mean, probably says more about Louisville than it does about the defense. Truly, um, but I'll take it. And and UNC being able to hit threes and and Boston College not was really the difference in the game because uh, Boston College shot. A better percentage and um, turn the ball over less. So uh, definitely playing with their food a little bit too much for my liking. Um, and that's the kind of thing that makes me nervous about Saturday is just uh, this food will not allow you to play with it to that degree and still come away with a win. Um, but again, the, the state game is the very kind of game that um, the team kind of hulks out for, usually. Uh, so hopefully that's the case this time around. Yeah. And um, one guy that tends to hulk out is Baycott. 
who had another really good game, 20 points. Um, He only missed three of his shots, had 16 rebounds. He's now tied with Billy Cunningham for the most double-doubles in UNC uh, history as far as career goes. It was the second game in a row he had a double-double before halftime. Yeah. He's just been ridiculous. Um, It was very obvious that Boston College was too small or too weak, one of the two. I mean, there was... um, I think his name was Post. Yeah, Quentin Post. Um, they were definitely trading, trading some shots back and forth before yeah. uh, Post ultimately fouled out. Um, but after that, there was definitely no one who could capably stop Baycott. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to remember who plays center for NC State. Um, I'll be honest, I don't remember off the top of my head, but anybody that's not Manny Bates, like probably going to have a difficult time handling Baycott. So that's probably the main reason I feel good about that game. But yeah, another big performance from Baycott. Shout outs to him because God knows if he didn't play. And RJ, RJ has been... Lighting it up from three recently. Um, he was second on the team in points with 18. Hit four threes. Yeah. He, there, he had a stretch where I think he could have, like, hit it from anywhere on the court. He was seeing the basket so well. Uh, he, did, he, he did take a heat check, and it, <laughs> it did not go in. But that's okay. He, he earned that heat check. He earned it. Yeah, for sure. And we all saw the tweet, the dagger box scores tweeted out, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um He's shooting something like fifty percent from three. Fifty seven percent. Yeah. Crazy. Um, yeah, in the month of January, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Yes. His numbers have like steadily gone up. Whereas Caleb Love's numbers from three have steadily went down. They went up a little bit in December. I suppose. Well, and I guess, like, the biggest thing about that is, so it didn't decline significantly, right? I think it was only, like, a point, but it declined. Yeah. Um, You know, it declined. and It declined from 24%. It's, like, 23.1 or something, I think. But what I was going to say was, so it declined, your percentage made decline, but I feel like your volume shooting did not. Right. I don't think it did. Um, and I'm not, and, I, and I'm honestly not trying to dog him. What I've, I'm, I've lived with the fact that um, Coach Davis is going to play him the way that he's going to play him, but I just really, really think that he should focus on some of the facets of his game that is, re- that is really good and that this team needs. Um, and then let the three-point shooting come to him if it's going to. So um, his volume did decrease from November when he shot 56 threes. Wow. Can that really be right? Uh, probably. Do you remember? So you remember in November, like when the regular season started, the team was obsessed with shooting threes. Yes, I remember. But like 56 just sounds 
Unreal. Unreal. Fake. <laughs> it sounds fake. Yeah, the, the tweet was that uh, he was 14 of 56 in November, 13 of 38 in December, and 9 of 39 in January. So he's on pace to outpace last month. Yeah. Actually, already did, Because yes. <clears throat> we are just over halfway through January, and we have so, already surpassed December's numbers. So, but that also brings up a, a pretty good point. Like, uh, I'm, you know, Brandon, you mentioned that whoever is playing center is going to have an issue against Baycott. But they do have a player who can single-handedly beat you. Yeah, and that guy should be guarded by Leaky Black at all costs. <laughs> um, I believe you're referring to Turquavion Smith. Right, and it's not so much of uh it's not just so much of an assignment. So, like, if you go into this game and for whatever reason someone's putting up, um, you know, nine or ten attempts that just shoot off the basket, and he gets it, and he's able to run it out, no matter who's on him. Yeah, yeah, and he he is capable, more than capable. So maybe we could, I don't know, not give them such easy opportunities, maybe? I have been rooting for Caleb so hard this season just to, like, get it together. And I think the most frustrating thing is I think he knows how. He just doesn't want to do it. Like, his bread and butter... His bread and butter is getting to the rim, um, getting some easy shots within the arc. But I feel like he has fallen so in love with the three-pointer that it's scary. And as we can see from this game, he still hasn't backed off of that. He shot 10 of them. Um, But if you don't count those 10 shots, like, he was 7, no, I'm sorry, 5 of 10, so that's 50% from the field. So it's like, I don't know, like, I don't know how it needs to be explained to him that playing inside out sometimes will help you with your perimeter shooting, Um, but I guess... We have decided, and by we, I mean Hubert Davis, I I guess we've decided to just let him shoot out of his funk. So it is what it is. Terquavion Smith has scored 20 or more points in State's last five games. Oh. Yeah. So, I'm just saying. Yeah. I definitely do not like the idea of needing to get into a score match with them because, uh, you know, as great as uh, RJ has been, I still haven't seen a Marcus Page. Right. Be able to help us do that. Um, so I just wish that, or I hope that, yeah, I hope that we do get up, get up for this game like we normally, like we normally do um, instead of, you know, messing around and trying to find out later. They also have a guy who's shooting 44% from three. Mm-mm. Scary. I think to your point about there not being a Marcus Page, I think the 
like the flip side of that is I do feel like there's some capable shooters, not counting Caleb, that could probably get enough done. It's just whether or not they're going to do it. I feel like we could probably rely on RJ. Like, just given the month he's having, like, I think he will be more than capable of putting up some solid numbers. Um, I want to see. Has been tremendous recently. Yeah. But, um, and like, really, Leaky, like, he, it's kind of fallen off a little bit, his three point shooting, but I still trust him to shoot more. Then I said this out loud the other night, so I guess I will say it in a recorded version. But I cringe less when Leaky pulls up from three than I do when Caleb pulls up from three. And that is not an amazing situation. And the well, at least the interesting part here, too, though, is if he just take a step inside. Yeah. He's he been just, so much better there. It's okay. It's really okay. Um, and I mean, a lot of that trust has to do with shot selection too. Like we're still seeing Caleb take some questionable shots, like trying to take a guy off the dribble and pull up from three. Like, don't do that. Why are we doing that? Do not do that. You're not good at that. RJ is good at that. You're not good at that. It, we also just don't need to have like a rush down the floor pull up from NBA plus range with like 85% of the shot clock left where Baycott literally never even touches the ball threes. Like those are the ones that I feel like melt my soul a little bit because they just aren't necessary. Right. Shout out, Jones Angel. <laughs> he feels no. us. Speak, I, I, speaking it into the public's ear. Yeah, I do think, yeah, I, I was kind of surprised at that. I mean, not, it wasn't a slide or anything, but when he pulled up for that one, as Jones said, oh boy, he's going to take a quick three. <laughs> and I was like, okay, everybody's catching on now. <clears throat> yeah. Oh, boy is usually what I say, but boy is replaced uh, with a a different uh, expletive. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I think the context was the same. Yes. The context is is very similar. Uh, Jones just puts it in a much more polite way than I do when I start screaming, no, 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 no. And then, yeah. Yeah. I don't want. I don't want to be this way. I don't enjoy being this way. Nobody does. I mean, like, I, I, I hope anybody listening knows that it's not like we have fun discussing Caleb Love's shooting woes or just saying that he's straight up been bad from the perimeter. Like, it's not fun. I mean, I said the same thing to myself when Kenny Williams was going through it that one year. It was just a different kind of bad. It wasn't really like shot selection. It was just like, you got the shot. That thing just ain't going in for you, my guy. There was also the, I mean, I shouldn't be compared, but there was the Kerwin Walton situation where it was just not going in. Um, And it it feels similar now. 
but no, like I, I don't take any enjoyment out of this. Um, I, my true beef with it, like if it was just Caleb in a vacuum, I think it would be one thing, but it's to the detriment of the team's chances of winning games. And that is where it becomes all the more frustrating because it's like, yes, I understand that like you have confidence in yourself and you feel like you can just shoot out of the sort of funk that you've been in, but I need you to not lose this team important games on your way to trying that. Yeah. I definitely feel like his importance on the team plays a heavy hand in that. I mean, he's supposed to be, I mean, see, I have to be careful with my words. He is the second best player according to what was said going into this season. Did I choose that correctly? (laughs) It's very diplomatic. (laughs) And painful. (laughs) I mean, he, he was predicted to be on like all American, all ACC teams and things like that. So like with that comes the expectations that you will, you know, play to that capability and he just hasn't. So it's, you know, it is what it is. Hopefully he gets better against state would be a great time to get better. I mean, I can't think of a better time to just, shoot lights out he needs to channel his inner like duke hatred i was just gonna say and put it into this game yes whatever happens inside him before duke games needs to happen before this game yes but also the duke game but also this game especially this game because truly um i don't i don't think we've touched on it uh, I know we we alluded to it coming up, but like the soft part of the schedule is pretty done and dusted at this point, and uh, it it gets it gets tougher from here. Yeah, um, coming up is obviously NC State. Then we go to Syracuse, then Pitt again, then Duke, then Wake Forest at Wake. Or at uh, Winston Salem, ranked Clemson, ranked Miami, stayed again. Notre Dame, and then Notre Dame. And then we got to play Virginia again. Florida State. So, like, depending on what you think of Syracuse, there's that. But then uh, there's not a lot of rest for the weary in that schedule until you get back to Notre Dame. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm not a fan of. I mean, I'm never a fan of playing that Syracuse zone anyway. No. And, and the thing that you have to do to beat the zone is, you know, not exactly uh, what this team has shown to be their strongest asset. I really hope Jalen Washington's healthier for that game. He's like the only one that can stand tall in the legendary logo section and actually hit that jumper. Cause I don't trust Baycott to do it. No offense to him. He's great at everything else. I'm just saying 
that particular jumper. I haven't seen him hit it much. We shall see. Yeah. But, um, state. <laughs> so, one interesting thing that I'm looking at. So I'm I'm sure everybody listening knows that NC State beat Duke earlier this month. Um, they also beat Miami, who so <laughs> the weird thing is that Duke and Miami were both ranked at the exact same ranking when State beat them. So Duke was 16th, and then NC State turned around and beat a 16th ranked Miami. It's kind of weird. But um is is it? It's just it's just fun with numbers. But anyway, the big bigger point is they beat two ranked teams. Yeah. That's scary. I mean they're not they're not bad this year. No. And I feel like you did not have to bring that up. <laughs> <laughs> we all knew it. We didn't need to say it. Yeah. We're gonna have to like cleanse the vibes before. <laughs> before <Saturday. laughs> I better burn some sage or something. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, to be fair, I feel like Duke has been a bit wavy, much like UNC has been a bit wavy. Um, they have been, and I don't really know what to say about the. Win over Miami. It was an overtime win, but like you would have thought with Isaiah Wong and I can't remember the other guard's name, but like the two really, really good guards, um, you would have thought that would have been enough to slow down Terquavion Smith, and it wasn't at all. So we have to hope that once again, Leaky is on Terquavion. <laughs> We have to hope that everybody on UNC's side steps up for this one. And really, we have to hope that State doesn't have anybody else that gets too hot because if somebody else gets hot, then we have a problem because then attention goes off of Smith and onto them, and then it'll just go downhill very quickly. Okay, Rory Williams, let's not... (laughs) State had 30 points off their bench in the win against Miami. Oh, my goodness. Turquoise scored 20. My one wish for this game is that if you are going to pull up for an ill-advised NBA 3, that you at least let the offense set before you do it. Yes. Absolutely. Otherwise, that's just a turnover. <laughs> As you have pointed out many, many times. <laughs> I'm just saying. It's, it's going to be a run out. And before you know it, the Smith Center is quiet because it's 20 to 2. <laughs> and we've got a meme of uh, Hubert Davis, just like we did of John Shire. <laughs> yeah. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Synchronized sighing. Uh, Love to see it. Terquavion Smith is averaging 19.1 points per game. Um, he's shooting 39.2% from the field, which for a guard, it's, it's fine. It's not 
stellar, but it's fine. Um, but that just goes to show he's going to get most of the shots in that one. So they just they just have to chase him off the line. They're going to have to try to shut him down in the paint. Really just make anybody else beat you. Or, or block him. I I haven't watched him or watched their games enough to know if he's been affected at the rim like we have been doing at least the last two games, um, right? So that's another, um, I think, advantage for us there. Can you affect him um, and, and kind of get him off or at least block it outright and, and see what you can get with the rest of the team? Right. Yeah. Well... We will uh, see what happens. Hopefully, uh, Coach Banghart's uh, good juju uh, can extend down to the Smith Center. And, um, yeah, as as much as uh, losing to that team infuriates me, um, I think... I think they probably present um, present a tougher test than we like to give them credit for, especially this year. Um, so I just hope I just hope everyone is on their their best behavior. It sucks whenever there's like a future NBA player on their team. <laughs> They we've ran into that a couple times with them in like you know the last however long. I mean, there's always going to be somebody, but I just feel like, with the exception of Dennis Smith Jr., <laughs> it's always tough. Um, I would just feel really good if we could repeat uh, the like absolute blowout game. That was fun. We should do that again. That was a lot of fun. Do we know if NC State paid another fifty grand? We don't. But what if they did? <laughs> oh man! Well, that probably does it for this time. Uh, we'll be back to wrap up that game, either in happiness or sadness, depending on how it goes. Um, but would you like to tell people where they can find you in the meantime? You can find me at THB Brandon. You can find me at UNC underscore Tar Heel fan. And I am at Tanya underscore underscore Anderson. Until next time, go Heels. Go Heels. Go Heels.